Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 66. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how when it comes to the Apostle Paul, man, I really want to embody his priorities and his perspective. And I'm Tim, and we're going to talk about what it means to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Tim, thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. It's great. It's Always. good to be here with uh, episode 66, Order 66 maybe, for those Star Wars fans out I there. Hope it's, I hope it's not that tragic I hope it's of an not. episode. I hope it's not yeah. in the same vein of that. Yes. <laughs> Always good to have you on. Welcome back to Tangible Takeaways. Um, you were teaching this weekend. I was. At Hesperia. We had four live teachers across the campuses. You're teaching in the second half of chapter two of Philippians. So mm-hmm. we're um, reaching the halfway point in our series and the text. Um, and uh, kind of an interesting passage to teach because you've got this like beginning part that's a normal, you know, Paul letter. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is just like, these guys are really cool. Yeah. Timothy and Epaphroditus. So it's kind of a weird passage to teach. Um, but let's just start zoomed out on the series. Um series focused on joy book focused on joy how has it been resonating with you like do you feel like man i kind of have a natural disposition towards joy or it's really hard for me um like how has this series been kind of convicting you or working in you yeah well i think a lot of times we can think of joy as joy circumstantial and i love that we've been driving it home that it's like no your joy is not based on your circumstances it's based on the grace recognized. It's based on recognizing God's grace on us and mm. on our lives. And so that's been a great reminder for me myself, because I know a lot of times I can get focused on what's going on around me and can lose sight of, no, your joy comes from God. It doesn't come from your circumstances, your possessions, or anything like that. And so especially coming into a week like this, where you get to preach on you know, taking joy in working, taking joy on the fact that God works in us is such a great reminder for us. Yeah, that's one of the things that I find so um, compelling about Paul that I find so um, just kind of one of those things that you look at in the way that he writes that you really want to emulate mm-hmm. in your life is that um, there's kind of two P words that come to mind, but Paul always seems to have dialed in um you know, his priorities, right? Like that the kingdom comes first Mm -hmm. and um, that, man, the world is going to be changed through the local church, right? So he's got those locked and loaded. Um, But then on the other side, you know, you've got this perspective that Mm -hmm. Paul has that's really clear um, as well. And it's in situations like this, grace recognized, right? Um, And that's really what we see in this passage is more of Paul's perspective than his priorities. But mm-hmm. he's got this perspective that, man, if I focus on what God's up to in my life, if I focus on what God's up to around me, mm-hmm. if I focus on what he's up to through other people serving in the church, I have joy, not because of my circumstances, but because of what I'm choosing to focus on. My perspective is towards what God's doing in me Mm -hmm. instead of what I wish God was doing in me and what I feel like he's not doing in me. I'm focused on what he is doing in me. Mm -hmm. And instead of focusing on how all the things that are wrong with the church, 
guilty. I think that way all the time yeah, about the church. Totally. I'm focusing on what's going right in the church. Mm-hmm. Who's killing it? How can I be more like them? How can we be more like the people who are killing it? Right? Like those are really cool perspectives that he brings that are just not and you know for Paul, this is that's not natural for Paul either. Paul's mm-hmm. been transformed to see the world this way, to have his priorities reshaped, but then his perspective, man, bleeds out of that that says, instead of focusing on what I wish God was doing in mm-hmm. me, I'm going to focus on what he is. Yeah. And instead of focusing on what's wrong in the church, I'm going to focus on what's right. That's just, that's different yeah. than us, you know? Yeah, and I love the fact, too, that he's writing this from a Roman prison cell, which is not like our typical prison cell that we see in today's world. It was just, it was nasty. It was something that you didn't want to be in. So for him to say, like, I'm still taking joy on what's happening on the outside, because he could have focused on what was happening inside. He had wanted to go to Asia. He had wanted to continue his missionary journey physically. And now he's stuck in this prison cell. And you could go there and just kind of sulk away, just saying, like, woe is me that I'm stuck here. But instead he's saying, like, hey, I'm hearing about what's happening in the Philippian church. I'm hearing about what's going on here. I'm hearing about Timothy killing it in the church in Ephesus. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send him to you. And then even receiving Epaphroditus there in Philippi and hearing his story of getting there to the point that he almost died while he was out there and taking joy in that. And then again saying, you know what, we're going to send Epaphroditus to you. And just seeing everything that was going on in the kingdom at that point and taking joy in that instead of his circumstantial things that were going on at that moment, but taking joy in the fact that the kingdom of God, as he said, in I think chapter one was still being furthered even while he was there in that prison. Yeah. And see that one that goes back to me for priorities, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like as I've been reading through Philippians and I'm trying to read through it regularly every day, um, if I can. And as I've been reading through it, one of the things that just keeps popping off the page to me is this joy, this biblical joy, like you're talking about, not circumstantial Mm -hmm. that's going to last it's a joy that is fueled by the right priorities, mm-hmm. that God's kingdom comes first, that he'd be glorified in my body. I love it when Paul writes that. Mm-hmm. That's not just like thinking good. That's not just talking good. Yeah. That's being transformed down to like what I physically do with my body, right? He's got his priorities locked in. What matters most? Man, for so many of us, our joy is all kinds of shaky because my priorities are like if my team wins on Sunday. Yeah. My priorities are like getting this pool in my backyard or getting that new car or the new iPhone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are my priorities. Yeah. My priorities are out of whack. And so that's why my life lacks joy. Mm-hmm. But then you've got over here perspective as well that he brings together with his priorities that, man, I could focus on all of the things that are going wrong. And Paul's got a litany of things that are going wrong. Yeah. But look at what God's still up to in me. I'm not a finished product. I don't have it all together, but look at what he's up to in me. Mm -hmm. But look at what Timothy's doing. Look at what Epaphroditus is doing. Look at you, the Philippian church. He's turning his perspective outwards and not outwards. Sometimes when I turn my perspective outwards, it tends to go to, man, look how jacked up all these people are. Mm -hmm. Instead of, man, look at these bright spots. Look at these pieces of light as he talks about them. So this passage that we're in this weekend it really is that passage about perspective. Yeah. And speaking to that perspective, he talks about this concept of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And 
what how'd you kind of unpack that this weekend what we look at that and we're like whoa that's kind of heavy like what's going on there yeah how'd you unpack that perspective that he has yeah well for weekend? the first thing that i approached was reminding the readers that it's not salvation by works and mm. taking it from a two con or two perspectives so using the context of paul's other letters of salvation as a gift from god that's salvation by faith and grace and then also going into the word that Paul used for that term work out, that it was almost like an exercising. It was a continuation of building upon. Mm. And so when you see that phrase, work out your salvation, it's, hey, let's continually work out your faith. Let's continually, as you're saying, change your perspective and look to on a broader picture, not focused so much inward, but focused outward mm. to the people around us. Yeah, that's really good. And I, and I do think, um, you know, it's interesting. I was just teaching in James chapter one for young adults mm -hmm. on Thursday, right before this um, weekend. And so as we got into this weekend and this concept of working out your salvation and fear and trembling, or excuse me, I was in James chapter two. And, uh, you know, James chapter two is the reason that James almost didn't make the cut for yeah. the New Testament, right? It's right there on the edge of people are like, is he talking about workspace faith? workspace salvation no he's not but it's close it it's sounds close. like it. it sounds like it, it sounds yeah. like it and if you so read it wrong yeah people have a really hard time with that and um and what james is writing from is the same this is where scripture is man in just such great unity and concert with one another yeah he's writing from the same approach that paul is which is that our faith is not just one of thinking good thoughts and saying good things mm -hmm. which is what and you got to realize the pastoral heart behind these guys, because that's what most of us, our faith boils down to. Yeah. Is I think good things, I say good things. It's like the armchair quarterback, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're sitting there saying like, oh yeah, that'd be great. And you guys just go on ahead. And that's like, that's social media. Yeah. Right. What I think and what I say but it never has to line up with what I do. Mm -hmm. That's why we love social media because we love to espouse deep thoughts yeah. and we love to say things articulately or say things in a sharp way. Yeah. We're not big on doing though. No, yeah. We're not big on acting that out on embodying it. Yeah. And then you've got other people who are like, you know, preach the gospel and use words if needed. It's like, I don't think James and Paul are trying to separate these things. I think what they're actually saying is like, yeah, think good. Yeah, talk good. Mm -hmm. But you got to act good too. You got to act it out. You got like those things, you don't just get to start compartmentalizing your life mm -hmm. and say, God, you, you get glorified in my thoughts. You get glorified in my words, mm -hmm. but you don't get glorified in my body. Yeah. That doesn't go together. Doesn't go together. God wants all of you. You need to be transformed in accepting him because that concept of faith isn't just think good talk good it's submission yeah it's this there's an authority dynamic to our faith in christ yeah. that leads us to say man i don't just think good thoughts about you i don't just say you're king but i live like you're yeah. king because my my body physically bends its knee yeah. to you and that was one thing that i really emphasize is that you have for it is god who works in you to will and to work according to his good purpose and there's the two things. You have God who's working in you, bending you, shaping you so that your will becomes his will, meaning you desire what he desires and you desire to see his kingdom furthered. Yeah. And I said, but that doesn't negate your responsibility. You can't just, like we said, armchair quarterback it, like sit there, be like, all right, God's going to do the work. He then follows it up for his God who works in you to will 
and to work, meaning mm. there's still responsibility. There's a physical responsibility that we still have to do the work, but we find joy in knowing that God is the one who empowers us to do that. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I, and I think that that's where we that's where we go so wrong so often. Mm-hmm. And and James, in James chapter 2, asks this like really punchy question, can that faith save you? And I think what James is saying is no, yeah. right? The Because this is the, and this is the whole thing. It's not that, I think if you, you sit James down in this chair, James is going to tell you, man, only hope to be right with God is what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. He's not going to say like, well, if you just work a little harder, Tim, right? Like that's not what he's getting at. Yeah. He grew up with Jesus. That's his brother. He gets it. That guy's perfect. And he is, his sacrifice, it's the only way. Mm-hmm. But then James's question is great. Okay. We think good, talk good. His whole point is the demons think good, talk good. Yeah. They, they you know. Say Jesus Christ is Lord. They great. know even that. Even the demons know that. They know that God's good. <clears throat> They'll even say that he's king because they can't help but say it. Yeah. And then what do they physically do? This is where I love it gets to the physical. They physically shudder. Yeah. They know he's king. They say he's king. Ooh. And it terrifies right? them. Yeah. We know he's king. We say he's king. We bend our knee mm-hmm. because every part of us is in submission to him. Yeah. And that's that's the question. Can that faith save you if you just think good, talk good? It can't because that faith needs to penetrate every part of your being every aspect do all things like he says in that passage following the work out your salvation fear trembling do all things without grumbling or complaining we focused on the grumbling or complaining but let's focus on the do all do things all it's things. that same exact phrase that paul used at the very beginning of do every single thing meaning mm. every aspect of your life do it in, like you're saying, with the mindset of Christ, with that idea. And I love that Paul, even before the work out your salvation, uses the word therefore. And if we go back to that part in chapter two that we were talking about, he lists out every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because like he's saying, he's adding that heaviness there of saying, do all things because of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. Yeah. And what he's done for us. And so this isn't, man, I'm trying to earn my way back, but it's, man, if I, if I believe that Jesus, he's not only my only option, but to place my faith in him, I die to myself and I live for him. How does that only lead me to thinking good and talking good? Mm -hmm. I have to change the way that I live. You have no other choice. Because I no longer live for me, but it's Christ who lives in me, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where I'm at now. I don't own my life. The point of my life, the purpose of my life is not to bring pleasure or glory or satisfaction to myself, but it's to bring that to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that has 180 my approach to life yeah and it's not just in how i think it's not just in how i talk but it's also in how i live yeah and i love that this passage just like that passage in james and so many other areas that paul writes it cuts so deep to us because it's not just that you know armchair quarterback like Mm -hmm. here i am uh just thinking good things and i can talk about it all day long but man, i'm actually gonna live it and i i think about tim like Man, the guys that we, you know, maybe we don't rightfully so prop people up. I think that's just a bad habit for us. But I look at the people that we prop up. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, man, it's because they, it's not just because they know how to say good things. And it's not just because they like think good thoughts. Yeah. But it's because when you begin to hear them talk, 
you're like, man, their whole life has been transformed. Yeah. They live this. They are the living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. And that is what is so compelling to us. And it's like, dude, what do I have going on in my life that is more important than physically embodying what I think I believe and Mm -hmm. what I say I believe? What is more important? What do I have going on in my life that I won't physically embody it as well? Mm Mm-hmm. I just think it's a missed opportunity for us. Yeah. And to your point, that is a very, then followed by a very convicting, do all things mm-hmm. without grumbling. Yeah. I mean, where do we, like, we're on tangible takeaways here. How do we walk away tangibly with something that's like, oh man, this is what I'm going to do with that? Because I'm a complainer. We're all kind of complainers. We we bump into things. We I stub my toe in the morning. I'm complaining all day about it, right? Like, yeah. it's just, we have this... We have this tendency to look on the darker and more unfortunate things that happen in our life, and mm-hmm. that's where our focus goes. How do we do all things without grumbling? Like, what are some practical takeaways for you coming out of that? Yeah, I think, again, like you said, just having that Christ like mindset of, you know, do all things, like to do all things and to be transformed in Christ. The more that you, like you're saying, that we, begin to exercise that faith that we begin to exercise what it looks like to be completely consumed with Jesus Christ. I think naturally grumbling and complaining will be easier and easier not to do. Mm. But then you also look at the the flip side of that. So what does that look like? And I love that Paul gives us, well, it looks like the way Timothy lived, you know, living selflessly for Jesus Christ, living selflessly for others. And it looks like what Epaphroditus did of living a life for Jesus Christ so much that it almost caused him to die, but he didn't care because he wanted to further that kingdom. Mm. Yeah. And those are both great examples, right? Of that same, I want to glorify God in my body, Mm. right? It's flushing that out. Paul, as he's building this out at the end of chapter two, it's really, he's really drilling in on, man, this isn't just a philosophy that we're signed up to. This isn't just something that, these aren't just like talking points and pundits for us to kick around at church. That's not why we come to church. We want to drill this down so that physically we bring glory to him Mm -hmm. in the way that I put other people in front of me, in the way that, man, I am willing to lay my own health on the line for the sake of the gospel. My own well-being, my own comfort. Yeah. We're a culture that is emphasized in comfort. I mean, I you fall guilty of that out as well. Wanting a house that's 70 degrees at night to sleep in, which some would say is still hot, but yeah. a nice place to, to sleep without any noise, anything like that. We love our comfort and anything that takes us outside of our comfort zone, we tend to push away. Yeah. yeah even then, as believers. And you get out of your comfort zone and all of a sudden... It's like all of that grumbling, yep. all of that complaining just comes right to it the just, surface yeah. without even thinking about it. I can be a pretty uh, <clears throat> pleasant guy when everything goes my way, mm-hmm. right? But that's not life. That's not and life. And so I think that's the interesting thing for me as a takeaway. If I'm going to do everything without grumbling or complaining, then man, I need to rid myself of the illusion that I'm in control mm-hmm. because that's where the grumbling and complaining kicks in to begin with yep. is when I'm like, when I am under the, the perception that I am in control in mm-hmm. my life. And when that's the case, when one thing doesn't go my way, it's like, what? Like, this is so out of bounds from all of the other things in my life because my life goes the way I want it to go. Exactly. That's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I need to rid myself of that poor, that's bad theology that on my part. false expectation that's yeah, there. Yeah, it's bad expectation on my part. So I need to put that to the side and say, whoa, 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 I'm not in control of my life. 
And what's been an interesting thing for me, Tim, this is like, um, this is real life right here. I'm mm-hmm. living this. Uh, I wake up around one to three in the morning, every morning right now, because yep. I have a three month old at home <laughs> and that's not in my control. It's not in your control. I at guarantee all. you, if I was in control, that kid would sleep from nine to nine. Okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We'd get 12 hours of sleep. He'd be locked out that whole time. And I get a little chill time at night. I get to sleep peacefully. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in control. No nope. kid wakes up a lot. Um, and in that I was getting real frustrated. Um, because I am not a holy person at 3am. Okay. Yeah, and uh, don't, any of us don't are, judge yeah. me. You're not either. Okay. <laughs> like don't nobody, let me wake you up at 3am and see how cheerful you're feeling. Um, we're just not, that's where I'm at my most selfish. Right. And so I was really resent, give me like three weeks into having a kid. I was really resenting this. And then it began to dawn on me like, Whoa, I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, I don't get to decide whether or not my kid wakes up at 3 a.m. Yep. Like I'm not in control of that. And then it was like, maybe like it, it was so dumb how this like had to just fall upon me. Like, of course, this is what's happening. But it was like, maybe God has inconveniences in my life for a reason because it's good for me, mm-hmm. because it helps me mature, mm-hmm. because it helps me grow. Can I tell you how much just looking at inconveniences in my life as these opportunities that God is giving me to grow, how much that has changed my level of grumbling and complaining about things. Because I'm not looking at things as like you're an inconvenience and remind me that I'm not in control. I'm looking at those things. Check this out. Here's a little, you know, a little nugget as grace recognized. When I wake up at 3 a.m., that's grace recognized because my heavenly father loves me so much that he is seeking my maturity my growth as a good father does just like I want to do for my kid when he grows up and I want to champion his maturity. My heavenly father is championing my maturity, giving me opportunities to grow Mm -hmm. and lean in. And so, man, I'm not going to grumble, but say, God, thank you. Like, thank you for this opportunity at 3 a.m. And man, the, the smile that fills my face, not because I love being up at 3 a.m., not because my circumstances are awesome. Yeah. They're terrible. Yeah, it's still terrible. But because yeah. I see the fact that God's up to something in that moment and that that inconvenience in my life has purpose, Yeah, that changes the game. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, I have a six-year-old and having a kid is probably one of the most growing experiences you'll ever have. And I always tell people, when you have a kid, you'll realize God will reveal to you how selfish you really are and how much consumed with yourself you really are because there are those 1 a.m. wake up calls where you're just like, I don't want to wake up, but I love my kid. I'm going to take care of my kid. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is. It's a great challenge. So my hope is that there's been uh, maybe just something encouraging for you here, a tangible takeaway for you to walk away with. If you've got something from this weekend's message, let us know there in the comments. We'd love to know uh, what God was revealing to you from this passage here in uh, Philippians 2. Uh, But as always, don't forget to like the video, uh, subscribe so that you get future videos. Maybe share this video with a friend as well if you found it encouraging. But that's all we got for this week on Tangible Takeaways. Tim, thanks for taking the time. My pleasure, as always. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways. Tangible Takeaways.